0: plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance, cashback, and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstonemotors.ie.
2: You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch. The final week of the year actually. We're looking forward to and there's a real Christmas feel about the show every day this week starting today because later on Sandra Finnegan's with us. And she's going to pick our best of places to go and visit at year end. Uh, we'll also be motoring today with Tony Conlon and Peter Dorn is joining us along with Donal Waters and Nikki Smith, Shane Hegarty, He's a brilliant children's author. He's coming in along with the wonderful Mia Madden, and they're recommending their children's books for Christmas. That's coming up on the show today after two. If you want to get in touch, oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight by WhatsApp or text, or the phone number as usual eighteen fifty seven one five. Nine five eight. Well, real good news reaching us in the last hour or so from Loud County Council. Yes, good news from Loud County Council for sports fans and GA fans in particular in the wee county because it's been passed. Yes, these d- almost ten acres in Dundalk, which will form the basis of the new county grounds, have been agreed that they'll be sold now to the Loud County Board for four hundred thousand euro. And a very happy man, I'm sure, is on the line with me. You heard him with column on sport a few moments ago. I have him for a few more minutes now. Aidan Berely is the treasurer and one of the driving forces behind this new group who got together only in the summer to make this actually happen. Aidan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Jerry. You, Absolutely delighted, right. Yeah, I'm sure I can see. Actually, Aiden, I can see the smile on your face as you're talking yes. to me there. Aiden, congratulations to you and to everyone involved. I just want to step back for a moment because this has really been rapid progress. Because I spoke to Frank Lynch on the show here at length uh, back at the time uh, when this was mooted first. You've moved fast, Aiden. Yes, Jerry, we have. Um, we
3: moved. This was. Um, started on the 10th of July at our county committee meeting when the, the the six of us were given the okay, basically, to go ahead and source out a, a location for a new county grounds after the O'Reilly's um, deal had fallen through in March or February. And we put together a small committee of six of us that had probably the best interest of Lou G.A. at heart but who had a little bit of expertise in different fields and planning in building and stadiums, construction, etc. And we went at it very quickly. We had a... Um, I suppose we had an ob- obligation to report back to the September County Committee meeting and we worked very, very diligently to get to that stage and we reported back to September meeting with this particular piece of ground in the Inner Relief Road. and That was uh, approved unanimously by the clubs and then from then on we went about... Um, I suppose securing the piece of land for Low and mm. that's we've that, That's the end of the, of the the road with it today.
2: You did consider there were others considered. Well, is that fair to say there were other options that you did look at? But this, in everybody's book, was the best one.
3: Absolutely, I think it was an honest site. We looked at eleven different uh, particular sites of ground uh, during our deliberations. Uh, the length and breadth of the coast, the, the counties, Jerry. Um, we took it into consideration parts of the ground around Ryder, around R D, in Mid-Loud and in the northern of the county. And I think it was unanimous and we sat around the table and looked at them all and this was a, a, a favourite site.
2: Now, between then and now, there's many a slip twixt cup and lip and on a couple of occasions it's come before the council. Were you confident, ultimately, that they would sell to you?
3: Yes, I, I think uh, there were a few this it's nice suppose over. In fairness, it, um, it went to the the October meeting I and mean, it was drawn at the last minute for various reasons uh, with the council. And then at the at the following meeting of November, there was a small technicalities that had to be addressed. And it was felt it was wise maybe to delay it for another month until those items were were, were um, addressed. And luckily today everything was on order and I think everything went in uh, proper proper procedure.
2: Now, there's a lot to be done, of course, beyond this, but today is a significant milestone and a significant day. There is the question of the three acres from DKIT that goes along with this. That's okay as well, yeah?
3: Yeah, that's okay. We'll be meeting with DKIT later on this week to firm up on that one as well. Uh, I would like to place on record a a thanks and appreciation to the officials in Lead County Council for their help and support and advice, indeed, in getting this to a conclusion. And indeed, the councillors who spoke... Uh, very eloquently and very supportive of uh, of the organisation, of the GA clubs, all 41 of them in County Loud and what we're doing for the youth of the county, uh, what we're doing, what the GA does for the um, youth uh, in the countrywide as well. And it's, as you know yourself, Jerry, it's native into every parish mm. and every locality in, in the country, but in, in Loud in particular, that's what we were concerned about today. And I as I said, I'd like to thank the councillors to support it supported
2: the, the procedures today. My God, it's it's long overdue because it's been rattling on with the GAA grounds in Drogheda for years, along as a piece of string, and I, I admire you for moving so quickly afterwards. And at long last now, there will be a home for loud GAA. Now, here's the thing, funds, because this is going to cost quite a bit of money. I see you quoted in an article uh, just ahead of the announcement today, somewhere six to eight million you're talking about. Um, where's that going to come from?
3: Well, we have sat down both uh, with with, with um, Crow Park back in November with the county chairman, Des Hayley, with the county secretary Jack here and our, our central council delegate, Pat Toner. And we had a discussion with the infrastructure and the finance committee at Crow Park. And I think they were very receptive of the whole pro- proposal. They sent their engineers to have a look at this location and I think they were extremely impressed with the location where it was, particularly its proximity to the DKIT. And um, I think they will be very supportive of us financially. However, that's, we can't be relying on Crow Path to, to, to build the forest. That's not going to happen. Mm. We do have to do a certain amount of fundraising. And as was outlined by myself at, the, at last week's convention, it hasn't been for a number of years. But now we're going to have to do that. And we're going to have to possibly set up a separate committee and try and fund that, whether it be from within the county or outside the county or get out to the country. But those are the avenues we'll be exploring over the next uh, six to eight months.
2: Do, do you know how much of that six to eight million you could possibly secure? You have Croke Park, right? You, you're you, you will be supported from there, that's for sure. From the parent body, you have the Sports Capital Grant Program that the government uh, runs each year, and that's there for you. But w- could you put a figure on what the the, the GA members, the clubs in Loud, will have to raise?
3: No, I I have been on record uh, before this now, and uh, Jerry, that we will not be imposing any levies on the clubs at all, possible. We've discussed this at county committee level before and clubs are already supporting the project in Dava, which is now, well, let's say we've broken the back and the debt on that and we will be moving forward with the county grounds but we will not be imposing any levies on on clubs at, at this point in time.
2: But indirectly, though, Aidan, I understand what you're saying and, and and I'm sure people will be listening today from the clubs and that would be a bit of relief for them because they have their own shows to run and as you yeah. mentioned, Danver is still there and has to be dealt with also. But indirectly, you will have to call on the gales of Louth in whatever guys, be they individually or through their clubs, uh, to, to come on board and, and put their shoulder to the wheel.
3: Oh, absolutely. We will be asking, but we will not be imposing any levies on clubs, but we will be asking clubs and be asking if uh, gales and county allowed to, to, to put their hands in the pockets, absolutely. that's We will be asking, we'll be setting seats, probably. We will be uh, holding other fundraising activities in uh, the length and breadth of the county. And it will impact, I suppose, on clubs um, own fundraising, but this is a project that is a one-off. It's, it's, it's for the entire county. It's a one-off project that will, you know, get us into the Twenty-first century, as it that uh, county grounds, facilities,
2: etc. Which, as you pointed out earlier on, it is really, really, really long overdue. Mm, it, it, it certainly is, Aidan. Would there be? I said this to Frank before, and he was in the studio at me. I know you're smiling, but I just can't read your face that well across the airwaves. Would there be a philanthropist or two, perhaps, out there who have sport and GAA and the young people in the county at heart?
3: Well, I would hope so, Gerry. I hope that avenue will be uh, there. As I said, we brought on people onto this committee to, who have uh, specialities, and um, maybe I we'll that with Frank or somebody else. It. But we would hope down the line that that would be the case because it's something that's needed in Loud. It's something that supports uh, the youth in the county, it supports, it supports sport among the youth, and it supports sport for people to go along and, and spend their afternoon looking at their county train, uh, whether it be babies, whether it be gentlemen, or wherever you like, uh, young boys or girls. But it, it's, it supports the county at large. And, you know, I would hope that people with um, funds that would, would like to get involved in this will become involved over the next 12 to 18 months.
2: One other quick question. Um, do you envisage it be, being completed in a single phase or could it be a multi-phase project? No, uh,
3: I think, Jerry, what we've said, and we've spoken to Coop Carp about this, that this is, a, a, we would have this done in one phase we are hoping to have a state of the art pitch with flood floodlighting, a stand on one side capable of holding around four thousand people seated, and the terrace on the other side capable of holding around eight thousand. Um, so we would hope to have it done in one phase. Now there is a facility and there is enough ground in these two pieces of land that will support um expansion going mm. forward if in ten or fifteen years the county are really successful and we would we would require a bigger uh, but there is still to be
2: there to, to, to care for those. Aidan, it's a good day for Loud Football, it really is. Congratulations to you. I know you've been a driving force behind this new initiative and that small group of people who show, who've who shown us what can be done when there's a will and a way and people want to cut through the red tape and get to the point. Congratulations to you. It was a hell of a vote in your favour today and uh, we watch watch with interest in the coming months. One last thing, I almost forgot... When will we be walking into the new stadium?
3: Um, <laughs> I wouldn't like to put a date on that, uh, Jerry. We, we've been talking, uh, particularly Peter, has been talking about um, June 2020. But uh, as soon as you put a date out there, people latch onto it, and if you don't beat that target, they crucify you. But look, we will not be putting a date on it. I was also spoken about this morning that um, they would be ready for the semi-final in the 2020 if May Martin was possible.
2: We'll see. Okay, that's that's good enough that you can say no more than that because there's quite a bit to be done still. But today, I say again, is a good day. Aidan, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks a lot, Take care of yourself. That's Aidan Beryl there, Treasurer of the Loud County Board, a real good guy and a man, a driving force behind today's news, which is fantastic for GAA in the wee County. I'm getting comments. Keep them coming to us. I'll get to them later on, I promise you, in the show. If you have anything to say about this, if you'd like to send good wishes, if you have questions, whatever, a comment. We'd love to hear from you in Late Lunch. 086 1800 658 by text or WhatsApp or if you want to call in. It's 1850 715 958. You know, Sinead, I was just thinking this Christmas, you know, I was off for a week at the start of the month. Haven't I played damn all or haven't we played damn all songs on late lunch for Christmas?
4: Well, we better get into the spirit of it. We better get into the spirit
2: of it quick because, and and like with the good news now, I can feel it. The positive vibes from Aidan there and all that's happening in Loud GAA today. Let's have a song. Can I tell you a story about this? I'll tell tell you a little story. story. Yeah, a little story about this, about the song that we're going to play. I think... Uh, Sinead, it was about five, six years ago. I was in New York just before Christmas. I've been there a few times. I love pre-Christmas in New York. The build-up, you know, I going to the shows. To oh, Sinead, i Oh, the Rockefeller yeah. Center, the ice rink in Central Park, the shopping, the the shows. It's, it's a magical time to be there. And we've been lucky and fortunate in our lives to be there. But I'd say it was six years ago. Deirdre was with me here at the time. I was off. And I came back and said, oh, God, I heard a song. I was coming down Fifth Avenue and I heard this song. Now, I had heard it years ago, but forgotten about it. You know, one of those Christmas songs. But there was a person uh, from the Red Cross collecting for the less fortunate in, in the city. And they had a little musical troupe with them. And I heard this song. And it stayed with me and we came back and we dug it out. And, you know, it's one of the top 25 most popular songs played at Christmas time all over the world. Uh, yes, yeah, no, it
4: does. It has that universal it has, appeal. It, it, it does, has the
2: appeal. Yeah. Do you want to hear it? Do you think they'd like to hear it today oh, on late yeah, lunch? Of course. Anyway, I heard it on the Fifth Avenue six years ago. I've been playing it ever since. And here it is. It's Michael Bublé and Thalia. Feliz Navidad.
4: LMFM with your local mace going the extra smile this Christmas and wishing you a stocking full of happiness
5: A donde sea que yo esté, Tu corazón alcanzaré Y una sonrisa en tu mirada Pintaré. No habrá distancia entre los dos Al viento volaré mi voz Con mis deseos a tu alma llegaré Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Of of my heart
1: Late lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault One Nine One today and avail of low APR finance, cashback, and three year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see BlackstoneMotors.ie. That's all about
2: Christmas children, isn't it? It is. It's all about them and waiting for Santa to come and the surprise and the expectation. I was down in the maples today, Sinead, earlier on. You'll hear Aww, it on Friday the with little the children. Oh, the little cuties down there and they sang for me and uh, they were telling me what they'd written to Santa for. That's all. Coming up later in the week and late lunch, but we have a great competition all this week. It's called Christmas Cuties. We do, yeah. We want to hear from your children, be it an audio or video file. Videos are great if you send them into us. So, does your child sing a Christmas song? Perform? Are they real outgoing? Are they quiet and they've done something for you in front of the wee camera or recorded in some fashion on your phone? Well, we want to hear from you this this week because each day we have a hundred euro to give away. It's a shop local voucher for Dundalk, and there's loads of wonderful shopping. In the town there, you can spend it there at your ease. There's one up for grabs every day, and over the weekend, our Christmas cuties videos and audio we did, we have, have been rolling yeah, into us here. There, I'll yeah. tell you in a moment what you have to do, but we have a winner for today, Let's let's hear the child first, and then you can tell us who it is. Okay, okay. Here we go. Here we
4: go. Oh, I have no sound. Hang on. <laughs>
2: Hold on.
4: Sorry now, this is Let's, this is my fault. No, you're all right, you're exactly all right, you're all right. Doing. Reset Just your buttons. Just reset there now. Are you reset? Cancel that. You, We're ready to go. All right? Here yeah,
2: is our here first Christmas cutie winner. Christmas. We
6: wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. Yes,
4: isn't <laughs> just that say, I've Shh. had a dance as well as a song. A dance know? and a song,
2: absolutely yeah. lovely. Who is that?
4: That is the lovely Frankie Rice. She's aged four and she's from Dundalk. Ah, Frankie, yeah. you're a little angel. Could we just okay. hear her again? let just hear a go, go on. Here now. Hang on. We wish you a Christmas. We wish you a
6: Merry
2: and Frankie, we wish you and she your family brilliant. that. Ah, oh, she's only four years of age; she's a little cutie. So, Sinead, what we want is we want people to send in the videos or audio of their children singing or performing, and it's you know children of all ages.
4: Oh, all ages! Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like if they will perform for you, no matter what <laughs> it is. Like Jerry, you know, I have a, t- a two-year-old that is just wired. Yeah. Wired. <laughs> he may or may not do it. We're
2: gonna hear him. We're gonna try and coax. Them. We're and going to them. coax Killian to see if he'll do it for us. <laughs> anyway. But
4: if you can, so from
2: 2 uh,
4: yes. younger, if they'll sing if they'll and sing, they'll yeah. want to do it, you know, send Absolutely. it in to us
2: because we, we love them. So how do we get them? You email them in to info at lmfm.ie yeah. or you can send them to social at lmfm.ie. So yeah. you have two there, info or social, either at lmfm.ie or you can WhatsApp it yeah, to us actually, at lmfm. Yeah,
4: actually enough, I got a nice entry there just, just going to pull off. Yeah, yeah, just now as we're uh, speaking. Little, I see it there, I see it, I see it, I see it. I yeah, she's uh, another yep. entry. So they're coming in on WhatsApp and it's easy enough for us to, to take it off the WhatsApp messages as okay. well. So that's just the normal 086 so number. So there you
2: are, 100 euro to spend in Dundalk. Thanks to Dundalk Chamber, the shop local campaign this year. And it's so important to spend those euros in your locality. We say it again uh, this Christmas. Now, one last shout out as well. The puddings are on the way. Well, you see, we have a problem Jerry here. Is we is surrounded by puddings. I'm surrounded by puddings. Yeah. I am surrounded by... And portionade and smelling them. them and looking at them and not, Can I anything.
4: just say, not one you out there <laughs> brought me in a gluten-free pudding. <laughs> <laughs> not a one Sorry, I
2: shouldn't be laughing. I shouldn't really be laughing. He is,
4: he's loving this.
2: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> tomorrow at four <laughs> o'clock is the closing yes. date. You must have your puddings to us tomorrow by four o'clock. Send them in to us. I'm surrounded by them already. We'll take more... More. We pre-taste Wednesday and then women with opinions decide which pudding is the best Christmas pudding in the North East for 2018. It's a tough
4: competition, it always is every year.
2: for sure it is a tough competition. We're getting comment on the uh, news that the uh, land has been sold to Louth County Council. I hope the contract is put out to tender, says a listener, and that they don't go necessarily with the most uh, cost-effective job, and that they look at that closely. Thank you for that. Cart before the horse, says somebody else. We need players on the pitch. Oh, but come on, this is not cart before the horse. How long are we hanging on the the grounds and it going nowhere for years and it just held the whole thing up it's been done now in a flash and I congratulate them um, we're going back to the bad old days I don't think so this is a bright future for loud football and uh, comment there about the players as well and the new manager we leave that one for another day Liam, Liam O'Neill's been on to us he welcomes it and he says it's a great day for loud football for all loud football gents football and ladies football as well all to be part of the new stadium. Thank you indeed, Liam, for your comment there and a happy Christmas to you and yours. Strictly Cone Dancer. You don't watch it. I, I know you don't. You listen to me, don't I you? I listen to you. Well, I do I the commentary here every week. Myself and Katrina are above in the office and we are strictly, <laughs> st- strictly files. We never miss it every week. Oh my God, Stacy won it. Stacy and, and I think everybody watching it.
4: Okay, uh, so who is she up against now? Your woman from uh, Steps. Oh, Faith Houser, she,
2: brilliant, yeah. brilliant dancer. Joe Suggs, he's a, an online 10 billion, trillion people follow him but they mustn't have voted for him on Saturday <laughs> <laughs> There was another girl from the Pussycat Dolls in the final Oh, ah, so well. they're
4: dancers Ashley already.
2: Are, they're all dancers already. Yeah, but this girl who won fair. it, this girl who won it is a, a, a political, is a correspondent for BBC. She works out in the war zone. Syria. are oh, talking about. Yeah, she's yeah, red yeah. hair. So she never danced in her life. Never ah, took a lovely. step. You see, and you know a, what? That's who I like to see winning it. Oh, to know. God almighty. And I mean, it has massive fan base here in Ireland. We don't care about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> we're not We're not brexit from from anything. People, who love Strictly Come Dancing are massive fans of it she won it and Kevin Clifton who's a professional dancer he's with the show years uh Five times he's been in the final, and he won it at last. And
4: is this the the only time that he's won it? He's only won it oh, this time
2: okay. with her, but she's one of the most popular winners, I'd say, ever yeah. in the history of the show. And it was real, uh, real great ending to the series. And what are what are Strictly fans going to I do now? I was going to say,
4: what are you going to watch? Oh, withdrawals! Dancing symptoms, with the
2: Stars. And, mm, <clears throat> let's head to a break. <laughs> 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 Children's books after two on late lunch. <laughs>
1: The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstonemotors.ie.
2: you know with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, on the airwaves and on Facebook Live this afternoon. Hello to everybody out there and guess what? Yes, it's time for books. Books for children, young children children at primary school, secondary, young adults. Yes, we're going to cover it all off today in the next half hour on Late Lunch, because I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch for a second year reviewing for us, Mia Madden. Yes, she is Margaret Madden's daughter, so books are coursing through her veins. Mia, really good to see you again. And this year, she's joined by a very special man. He's former arts editor with the Irish Times, children's author, best known for his Dark Mouth series. He says, and to quote from his Twitter handle, I make stuff up for a living this is what he says by God does he make it up and make it up well let me say and he is at the moment Mead Library's writer in residence Shane Hegarty it's great to have you in. today lovely to be here you're very welcome to the show now could we start with the littlies and and the, the guys have split this up between them and Mia's focusing on Mia isn't it the teens
7: you're really talking yeah, about yeah more like YA because okay. that's all I
2: read okay great stuff that's fantastic and Shane you're going to dovetail with Mia in and out on yeah. the other ages can we start with the littlies and let me tell you my heart jumped when I saw your first recommendation
8: well I have uh, five year old twins who will turn six this week and I have a seven year old who will turn eight next week and I have a nearly uh, 13 year old and actually they all love The President's Glasses (gasps) Uh, or The President's Cat and The President's Glasses Yeah right The the Glasses came first The Glasses came first and we have to read the two of them together because they get two stories at bedtime and I love it and these are just fantastic picture books and And I really mean picture books. It's the pictures that make it. And and I know that a lot of families all around Ireland uh, have know these books and love them and love the fact that it's sort of Michael D, Mm. uh, whether it's uh, officially Michael D or not. But uh, The President's Cat is a very simple story about uh, Michael D uh, leaving the cat behind on holidays and the cat makes its way across Ireland through... Uh, so many kind of familiar yeah. tourist spots meet to lots of different people and it's just wonderful and it's one of those that has little clues and as you're reading it and lots of little details for the kids to look at and if they've been in the zoo or they've been wherever they will see so much and it's a joy and it never stops and one of the great things when you're when you're a reader uh, for little kids is you want to make sure you enjoy that book oh, as well yes. and it is a joy as an adult to read as well Well
2: I have to say I have a little granddaughter
8: called Ava as they
2: know she's three and a half and the glasses has been to bedtime, I don't know how many times. She can yeah. actually read the book now nearly without opening it. She knows it that, that well. So I'm just hoping that Santa might just bring, you know, the President's cat this Christmas. So fingers crossed, Shane, on
8: that one. Now, the second for the Little East, The Wonky Donkey. So The Wonky Donkey is a funny one because it's a 10-year-old book. It's from New Zealand. Um, it wasn't particularly well known here, but it sold it, it, it sold about a million copies, actually, in New Zealand and Australia. So he was doing OK for himself. And then... <laughs> there's. Uh, a Scottish granny which I think is literally what, what she calls herself read the story to her l- tiny toddler uh, grandson or daughter I'm not sure which and uh, put the thing on YouTube and the sight of this Scottish granny losing it completely while reading the wonky donkey has propelled this book to number one in the Amazon uh, rankings isn't and that a story and there's a song that goes with it uh, and it's just it's it's, it's there's no story. It's just a great little sort mm. of rhyming thing in which they add silliness onto silliness onto silliness, and it's it's actually as much about the. It's the pictures, but it's also much about the story and the silliness of the honky-tonky, uh, wonky donkey, and all this stuff. <laughs> I love and, it. And the words, and it's just, it's I brilliant. I, I think I'll get it myself for
2: right. Christmas, to be honest <laughs> yeah. with you, you've convinced me that much. Anyway, the wonky-tonky is number two. Let's go to young adult now and bring in Mia Madden. What's your first pick this year, Mia?
7: The first one um, I chose was One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. Which
2: Ooh, that's an interesting title I for mean, a young adult, isn't it?
7: Um it was um it was po- really popular there at one stage, I think last year, and I uh, kind of jumped on the bandwagon late. Um but it's about um four teenagers in school and there's been a death. <laughs> of course all of these have some kind of dark <laughs> morbid
8: twist side to them. Um,
7: yeah. But um um they're all accused of killing that person. Right. And um um, throughout this entire thing I was trying to figure out who was doing it but I just couldn't it's completely unpredictable and the character development oof, very very fantastic is amazing and does it
2: keep you hanging till the very end
7: oh yeah oh definitely right to the finish yeah Oh, yeah. And
2: you don't get the answer until you turn those last few pages. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that is a great recommendation. And it's called One of Us is Lying Murder, Mystery, Suspense. And you're going to have to read it to the very end. What else? What else have you for us? Give us another one.
7: <laughs> I also have um, Dark Wood, Dark Water by Tina Callaghan. Um, it's her debut. It's a kind of horror um, fantasy novel. Um, it's, I'd say it's slightly older, YA. Maybe like fifteen, sixteen, um but it's based in Ireland around an old folk tale in a town um about there being a monk who um put taxes on the town, and of course, the town people got angry um, and he started killing them. <gasps> Of course, again, uh, dark twists.
2: You <laughs> love this dark side, do, don't you? I do. <laughs> but it, this is a, a, another one highly recommended for this Christmas oh, yes, time.
7: Definitely
2: widely available. You loved it as well. So it's an Irish book called Dark Wood, Dark Water by Tina Callan, and it's our first one. You say, yeah, yeah. And you liked it as a debut. Do you, what do you think of it as a debut?
7: Um, incredible like it was even nominated for an Irish Book Award
8: great
2: I'm looking at the <laughs> cover here hey Shane that cover nearly scare you by itself I know there's we? a
8: good kind of uh, a blasted tree on the front of it yes and there, there are brilliant um, I mean look I, I know I'm slightly biased being an Irish writer but there are amazing amazing amount of really great Irish writers out there at the moment mm. and that's the big difference for me uh, you growing up you see this as a normal thing when I was growing up back in the sort of middle ages the um, <laughs> if you're the middle ages I think <laughs> I think I'm in the dark, AJ. Uh, but we didn't have much to read as uh, that was sort of Irish mm. when we were when we were kind of g- got to a certain stage. In fact, really, as kids, writing at all as a, at all, and um, there were so few. So it's wonderful that there are so many brilliant, brilliant all tired this of age categories. Yeah, and as actually, well. for all, all, you know, really, from kind of as I said, sort of toddlers all the way up. But especially, I think, for your age, mm. uh, Mia and you can get stories that are set in Ireland as well. Yes, and which is You brilliant. feel you can connect with them while... Which
2: is brilliant. Let's yeah. hop back to you and give us a couple for our slightly older children. Yeah, yeah,
8: so so I suppose one of the things, when I, I visit a lot of schools and libraries, and, um, you know, I've been all around uh, me, especially, obviously, in the last couple of months, and you find that 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 young readers, I suppose, the kind of primary school age, maybe into first year, they've all read... Roldal, and they've all read David Walliams, and they've all read Harry Potter. And so I just thought there were a few different things maybe to, to select as well, because there's so many other books out there. And sometimes when parents are looking to buy, or, you know, kind of young readers, are always looking for something just that little bit different. Yes. So I kind of picked out a, a, a couple. Um, there's one of the, and I should, maybe the first one I should start just briefly with is, because um, he's an Irish writer, is Paul Kenny. So there's, he, he has a book called Tin which is, and robots are going to be big now in the next while, and uh, I say that slightly biased as well because I've got a book about robots which will come out. <laughs> but, um, but they actually, you can see a sort of a move towards that sort of whole idea of what it means to artificial intelligence and technology and all of that. And he has an absolutely charming and wonderful book, which was a Waterstones book of the year last year in the UK, or book of the month last year, which is a big deal uh, in the UK. And it's about a boy who kind of comes to realization that maybe everything it isn't isn't what he thought he was and it's got all those elements that you love in children's writing it's got fantasy humor but it has that kind of creepiness it has cruel humans it is everything and porrig is a fantastic me and Madden is very happy yeah. with <laughs> you saying that I'm very happy but it's it's one because that's the great thing about Books for young readers—you can put so much in. You can, yes. You can, you can really go in all sorts of different directions, and you can have that fantasy and that adventure. And yet, at the heart of it, like this, you can have that heart. And so, emotion. Tin is this Tin by is the one You recommend? And what age again? What are you talking? I about would in- say for for this, you'd be talking kind of again. It depends on the reader, but you'd be talking sort of eight upwards, maybe that sort of um, sixth class, first year. Okay. But I, but I always, I'm always very reluctant to pigeonhole exactly okay, the age group because it's amazing enough. what um what some very young kids will read and yes. what older different uh, stages
2: of development exactly. and you know their ability to but take it it's,
8: it's a novel uh, so uh, and it wouldn't be picture heavy or anything so okay. definitely be a kind of 10 11 12 would okay
2: one it. more quickly before the break give me another one Father. yeah
8: so the, the other big thing i just mentioned harry potter but for somebody looking for a series i suppose if they've read harry potter and they're looking for something new there's a nevermore uh, by uh, Jessica Townsend The Trials of Morrigan Crow is a great uh, there's another, a second book called Wondersmith just out and it's about a girl who's supposed to die on her 11th birthday uh, she's cursed to die but manages to escape and ends up in this other world where she faces certain trials and it's a supernatural story it's got that wonderful World creation about it that you get that people love about the you know things like Harry Potter and whatever it's a and that has been a massive hit it's a New York Times best selling list again I think she's Australian a lot of brilliant stuff coming out of Australia at the moment but it is it is fantastic and if somebody's looking for a new series to kind of get into mm. starting this year this is definitely one that I think a lot of again that sort of ten eleven. 12-year-olds, a little younger, a little older either side, are going to absolutely love. Yeah, I'm kind you of
7: liking the sound of this. No, <laughs> yes,
2: you are, Maya. Aren't you? That, they, those two really sound fascinating. That's Nevermore the Trails of Morrigan Crow by Jessica Townsend, uh, recommended by Shane as well. We're talking about children's books at Christmas time, giving you our recommendations. Well, not mine. The wonderful Shane Hegarty, Mead Libraries Writer-in-Residence is with us. And uh, why YA, our young adult, reviewer-in-residence now on late lunch at Christmas time, is here, Mia? Madden and we'll be back after this break with more books pay attention Shane Hegerty and Mia Madden are with me on Late Lunch and we're having some crack during the break there and if you're on Facebook Live you'll have seen what happens in the outtakes here but we're very good very careful we didn't spill any beans at all but we, we're saying Shane just a quick one yeah. it's so important to support your local bookshop
8: oh absolutely uh, I mean I, you know I've got a fantastic small bookshop in, in Scaries where I live where as I said Paddy in there if you want a book he you will go in and he will he will write it down this thing they have called paper and he uh, he he uh, orders it through through you know standard channels. <laughs> it arrives in the post two days later. Yes, and it's better than Amazon because you get a chat, uh, you get more recommendations for books. And our bookshops are wonderful places. And I look, I love just wandering in and, and, and oh, browsing.
2: Yes, and, go do it. Go yeah. to your shop and draw it on dog, Navin, Kells, Trim and the local. Area. Support them. They need the support. No good crying over spilt milk when they're gone. Me and Madden back to you, young adult. What's next on your list this Christmas? Uh,
7: the next one I have is uh, Cecilia Ahern's Flawed, which I admit I haven't read in a while, but it, um, I do remember when I read it, it was absolutely incredible. Um, it's about this character, Celestine North, who um, kind of speaks out against the government and gets branded as Flawed, and is stripped of many privileges in her life, such as like even what she eats, where she goes to school, um, where she sits on public transport, and it's just this... Um, a uh, completely made-up world where perfection is necessary and the slightest flaw is punished.
2: Mm, how did that make you feel as a young woman like, reading oof. that?
7: Oh, yeah, I know I'm <laughs> definitely not perfect, which is... Um,
2: Who is Mia? But I'm I know, saying, yeah, exactly. I'm saying, you know, a society like that, you know, would yeah, be shocking, be awful, it? would be awful, awful. It really would. So you really like... This book is out a while, is it? Yes.
7: Yeah, it's few years
2: yes stage. but worth going back to worth reading again
7: definitely god i really need to revisit it yes and uh,
2: there's
8: second book is the second book called
7: yeah perfect? The, s- is the, that s- nice? the second book is called perfect which so
2: you're flawed and perfect on yeah, the other yeah, hand yeah. Yeah. which is the the yin and the yang i take it yeah. uh, in in the two books i interviewed her recently she's lovely yeah oh she she's really amazing. is amazing and a
8: brilliant is? writer i think uh, oh, people yeah. forget what a wonderful story she teller. is yeah.
2: she is she's a brilliant storyteller as well. Right. come on another one for young adults miss mia
7: Um, The next one I did last time um, George by Alex Gino Uh, it's about this um, young boy who knows inside that he is indeed a girl so it's about transgender and dysphoria in children which I love reading about dysphoria because I'm not trans so I don't know what it's like to experience Mm. that and I love getting to see what these people have to deal with. Yeah. So just so you can sympathise with them on a new level.
2: Mm. So you're recommending, oh my God, isn't that amazing, Shane? She's come back to it again and recommended it for a second
8: time. It's that good?
7: Yeah, definitely.
8: But that's the thing. I think, again, young readers now, they've not just a sort of a choice of different stories and books, but they've so many... Different types of experiences they can yes. learn about, and and thankfully books now uh, are beginning to represent all the different sort of shades of human of, of of you know kind of people in terms of experiences and backgrounds and culture and uh, and you know I suppose again when we were growing up we didn't have all of that and it really mm. helps open. Up their yes, minds the conversation a bit and, and, yeah. and,
2: and the the learning of it and the
8: understanding as well there's, there's actually a book here which I was going to recommend yep, go. for that sort of um so with you know slightly younger readership possibly but yes. um it's oh sorry I'll hold it up there for you <laughs> for Facebook live and it's a wonderful cover flying tips for flightless Birds by Kelly macachran which I actually just um finally picked up over the weekend myself because I'd been looking forward to reading it um and this is kind of an interesting story. It's set in a circus. Again, it's up in Belfast. It's a circus school. And it's a story of uh, trapeze artists and love. But it's a kind of different approach. It's about uh, two boys who end up having to kind of, you know, do this trapeze act together. And it's um, it's, a, it's a love story with a difference. And I think that, again, you're finding that if you're young and you're looking, you, sometimes you mightn't have felt represented in books. And these books... Do that, and I think that's one of the the big differences that have um, definitely come in over the last few years. Okay, and really for the best. Yeah, for good. Your yeah. final one in this category is the afterwards. Yeah, which is maybe again just ever so slightly younger, but it's look, kids' books, as I was saying, they rep, they do so much. Yeah, they um, in terms of I think people sometimes feel you have to protect kids from different ideas or themes it's not true at all I remember when I was writing my Darkmouth books I was told by my editor make it scarier you know you can make it gory or kids don't mind it and now the afterwards isn't gory but it's about death and mm. it's about grief and it's about coming to terms with it it's about friends and one of them dies and then one finds a way to the to the after life um, to kind of go and rescue them and it's a really, really fine tale with some beautiful illustrations in it. And again, I think what I love about books for young people is just how much heart and emotion and how... They they try and deal with these topics, but mm. often in a way that's also got adventure and drama mm. and humour and um, and it's why I don't while we talk about them being books for younger readers, adults will find huge. I was just going to say that I'd be intrigued by that. But you know, when you are young and,
2: and the world's your oyster, you yeah. don't expect somebody to pass away.
8: No, no. And we've and look, I'm sure many re, uh, many many people, many readers of these books, many listeners here, we've all experienced it, and especially with our own children, we have to explain something yes. that feels unexplainable and when they pick up books like this or um you know there are people like uh, writers like oliver jeffers an illustrator an irish illustrator and writer he's he's approached these topics as well in a very kind of beautiful way yeah. and with for even younger readers again mm. the heart and the bottle for instance so it's um i'd really recommend that and, and it, it has said it approaches a topic which it might be hard to articulate yes. and talk
0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order.
2: That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's about ourselves, taboo at keeps, times, we can yeah. say that. A.F. Harold is the author. A.F. Harold, The A. Afterwards. Highly yeah. recommended by Shane. Back to me. There's, do you want to say anything about that book or that topic there? You, uh, you understand what we're, we're getting at there. Would that intrigue you?
7: Um, going to the afterlife and seeing the past <laughs> Um I haven't experienced much death in my life but I would definitely go back <laughs> to yes. go to the afterlife and See those who have lost. Yes, yeah. AF Harold. Yes. That's, that's is the, really interesting. Yeah. yeah. AF
8: Harold who's um and also I should say one of the things that maybe don't they don't get enough credit, illustrated by Emily Gravit. Okay. and the illustrators now as well are beginning to get lots of yeah. credit for A. F. Harold is
2: the author of the afterwards. Yeah.
8: You have one more
2: book, no, Miss Madden on your table. Is this your top pick for the year?
7: I'd say so. Ooh,
2: the best wine glass. Come on.
7: <laughs> um it's called Starfish and it's by Akemi Don Boom and probably just Completely Why up is that name. this brilliant? It's just an incredible storyline and the language is beautiful the emotion it invokes is it's just so accurate and realistic like um the mother character in this book um is like the main character's worst enemy constantly taking her down telling her she'll never be as good as the white folk because she's asian incredibly racist um but she just makes me it, it makes I'd say everyone feel angry, like you just completely mess everyone up. Yes. It's just so annoying, even just thinking about it now.
2: So this book really made a big impact on you. Oh, yeah. Thought-provoking, raising issues.
7: So it it does have a good um, storyline based on love.
2: Okay, as well, running right through it. So that book, can we say it's your book of the year?
7: I'd say so. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Well
2: done to you. It's called Starfish by Akemi Dawn is the uh, author of that book there and one well worth picking up for a young adult in your life this Christmas. Back to yourself, Shane, before we finish because you've yeah. opted for a couple of non-fictions.
8: Yeah, because obviously uh, there are loads of great fiction stories out there but we've seen the last few years some really fantastic non-fiction books uh, coming out of Ireland as well and I know Irelandopedia was a big thing a couple of years ago so um, the Irish Book Awards gave an award to Blazing a Trail Irish Women Who uh, Changed the World by Sarah Webb and Lauren O'Neill as the illustrator and it is great because again if you love history if you love great tales uh, of real people and if you love kind of discovering things about uh, you know about, uh, great figures in, I- uh, uh, in Irish life who we didn't know anything about this is great and it has fantastic daring do adventurers inventors a surgeon who pretended to be a man uh, for years in order to further a career and all these great women of Irish life some of them well known some of them completely forgotten and, st- and it's so appropriate because this is the 100th anniversary
2: of women getting exactly. their vote. Of yeah. taking their place properly, you know what I mean, in the democratic system. So this is yeah. timely,
8: and it is, and it's but and it's a great gift book. So it's not. I mean, Sarah is one of the best of the children's writers Ireland has, mm-hmm. and uh, she has made this. So it's a great entertaining read. And I I worry sometimes that boys don't read these kind of books because boys have an awful tendency not to read what they think are girls books well that is stopping right here and now exactly gentlemen young
2: boys boys in general you're to get this book for Christmas and read it and share it round the place it's called Blazing a Trail Irish Women Who Changed the World by Sarah Webb and Lauren
8: O'Neill and finally and finally now I'm going to try and pronounce this properly so Do- Dr. Hibernica Finch's compelling compendium of Irish Animals and that's written by Rob Mcguire and Do you noticed uh, the way I left that yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh it's illustrated by aga grandowitz which is a great name as well a polish illustrator and again i mentioned irelandopedia so many of these books now are really beautifully illustrated and you know, the illustrations are so much part of it and this is it's a, it's a natural history book it's a it's a book which kind of talks about irish animals and the things you might see out and about um and I suppose it reminds me. I grew up with Eamon de Butler, you know. Ah, and, and yes. And we're being a hero, spare. yeah. And and it's I suppose this is this is the updated version mm. of that. And if you even see the cover of it, as I'm sure people will see in the bookshops, it has a stag uh, on the cover. It's the most fantastic, um, arresting cover, and it's a wonderful, wonderful book on the inside. And these are books that kids will cherish, yes. And again, the adults will really love mm. as well. And uh, I suppose like a lot of, I have loads of books which I've kept over the years, all those old encyclopedias and things. So these are the kind of books that definitely, even in years to come when people say, well, we need to get rid of some books. Will we bring them to the charity shop? No, we'll keep that one. These That's a special are the book.
2: standards, the one you keep. It's Dr. Hibernica Finch's Compelling Compendium of Irish Animals by Rob Maguire and Aga Grandwitz. Not bad. I think I hit it in one there. (laughs) Anyway, it's just been brilliant with both of you. Just a quick question. Mead Library's writer-in-residence. How long are you with us for? I am literally... This is...
8: Pretty much my last gig, oh, believe it or not. I've had two no. wonderful months uh, yes. in libraries all over me and schools, and I've had a fantastic time. And you've been such a wonderful addition to the
2: libraries. I know that as well. I've heard the feedback. Congratulations oh, to thank you. you. Well, thank
8: it. you so much for
2: coming today and making a recommendations. And what can I say about Mia Madden? A dynasty of books is safe in the hands of this young woman. Thank you so much for your recommendations, Mia, again this year uh, on the show. So, folks, you won't go far wrong. We'll say goodbye to everybody on Facebook Live for the moment and uh, look if you haven't got something there to buy for somebody this Christmas I don't know what to say you've been just brilliant thanks again to Mia Madden and Shane Hegarty thank yeah.
7: you thank
1: you The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance cash back and three year servicing visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstone motors.ie. yes it is
2: the time of year when thought turned to Changing that car, going for a new mark—you know those type of things—in December that occupy you, and the garages are geared up and have been working away and looking forward to the nineteen plates coming very, very shortly. Today, in late lunch, we round off the year with one of our most popular regulars, Tony Conlins, here a motoring man, and joining him today are Nicky Smith from Smiths in the North Road for more years than I care to remember. Main four dealers, Donal Waters is with us. Late lunch shows sponsors from Blackstone Motors of Dromahde cavern and Perhaps something else to tell you now in a moment. And Peter Dorn is here with us today. Dorn Motors, Carrick McCross and Drogheda Car Sales. Hyundai, you're all very welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me. Tony, if I could start with yourself. Sure. We have three men. I wonder if we added up all the years of motor experience we have around the table here. Let's reflect for a moment on 2018, the year that's been from your perspective as a motoring correspondent. What kind of
6: year? I think it's been a pretty hard year. Like we've come out of the recession and you think it was going to be green lights everywhere. But maybe there was many a chicane there like to slow people up, of course the Brexit thing and all this happening and imports is is a huge thing. And then what you have here is you have three car dealers, uh, main dealers, all around our, our, our studio here today. But you must remember all the people out there that think they're dealers. Like, they could be farmers importing cars not knowing anything about it or where to bind them. It could be builders importing cars. In other words, they've no association or education with the motor trade other than trying to make a quick book and that's what that's the nervous thing that has really rocked the market a little bit this year and I, we we i i have a responsibility uh I, as the fellow says it's not that the dealers are sponsored me or anything they're not the the main dealers but i have a responsibility as an irish journalist an irish motor and writer to let people know the checks that should take place on an imported car i'm not saying you shouldn't import a car By all means, that's your right, that's your privilege. But look at some of the stuff that's been imported and we heard the horror stories and the lads will tell you a few. Um, the, the car that you remind me again. What did you opt for? Well, I opted. I opted for the Ford Focus. Okay, uh, I opted was a very happy man sitting on your. <laughs> well, he, they have the compact thing. The Volvo XC Forty One overall, but yes. I, I went for the Focus uh, as eight of us did, and uh, I'm very happy you've done so. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mickey Smith, you're welcome to the show. Ford and the Focus. Well, it's just uh, set the mark really, hasn't it? In its category for years and years. What does it mean to a dealer for the for a marque like that to be named car? Of the year. Does it give Does it give focus sales a lift?
9: That certainly does. I mean, Focus would be our volume seller. I mean, you know, when all is said and done, like you've the Fiesta, again, another top-class seller, the Focus. But if, if somebody comes in to look at a Focus, even if they're not a Focus driver, it's very easy to sway, to convince them, you know what I mean? Have a test drive, you know, feel the quality, the drivability, the, the features. Ford are very good at coming up with innovative features. And, um, you know, we're very lucky to have it as part of our lineup.
2: Mm. And And for you overall, again, just building on what Tony said here, What's business been like in a a practical sense on the ground with the two plates, you know, the the divide of the year now?
9: Yeah, I think we're we're pretty used to the two plates at this stage. Um, You know, I mean, very difficult over the last number of years, Um, you know, coming out of the recession, 13, 14, 15, good strong years, 16, a great year up until about halfway through. And then you yeah, the Brexit vote, you know, what day in June in 19, in 2016 was it? And really, you know, the July, so the 162 plate, we got away with July because the the pre-orders were all in. But after that, it really has been very tough, you know, because, uh, you know, the Brexit, the uncertainty that it has brought to the market, uh, we're certainly feeling it. So 2018, we're kind of leaving it now. It's been a tough year, but I mean... You know, you know, the local dealers are good, they're strong, they, you know, they dig deep, they offer a good quality service. And, um, you know, I think we're all looking forward to 2019. Can't see it being, you know, you know t- too much better than 18. just at the moment. But I think, you know, if, if, if we could get the, the, the Brexit out of the way by March, now whether that will be the finish of it or not, it remains to be seen. But, I mean, if, if we could get some certainty back, um, I think it, w- it, w- it would help us all.
2: Let's bring Donald Waters in for a moment. Donald, you're very welcome to the show, and I want to say thank you. Blackstone Motors sponsors of Late Lunch for, for a number of years now. Now, you're, uh, the Drogheda garage you opened, just uh, what Nicky's
10: saying there, yeah. you opened Drogheda when things were on their backside. True. Uh, myself and old Stewart, we uh, re- actually remorgasured re- a house in 2007, we started off with two employees. Uh, started off on the Dublin Roads, and uh, we were lucky enough in 2009 to get the Renault franchise. From then, we we moved up to to the where we are currently now on the North Road uh, in 2011. We, we, we had you there uh, for the lunch. It was a great night, but. I think even, uh, then it was tough times 2000, uh, 2009. I remember, we registered, uh, something like 64 cars for the whole year. Mm. You know, and that includes demos. Now, currently in we're probably registering about 600 new cars or so like that. So it, it's a, it's such a sea change. But I think, I think we have to remember, though, even if there are tough times ahead, uh, looking after your customers from an after-sales point of view is going to be imperative now for, for, any, uh, for any company going forward. Uh, new car sales, they are, down on, uh, they are down on previous years. I think next year will probably be similar to what we have at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think um, it's, people are looking for value. Uh, Tony mentioned there about UK cars. There are enough lot of people bringing in cars. They, they're not. They don't know what they're bringing in to, to a certain degree. Uh, from an after sales point of view, uh, we do checks behind the cars. So when your car is being serviced, we check. There's a, uh, like we all have uh, computers and stuff of like that. And these updates, we perform updates on the vehicle when you're in, when your cars in from a service. So cars are more technical, advanced now than they previously have. Yes. And when Tony then just talked about. Uh, let's say, uh, these operators uh, selling cars from side of the road and unknown histories and unknown services, um, uh, 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 let's say, mileage corrections uh, or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, clocking cars. What we know is that's clocking, yes, which is a shocking offence, an absolute shocking offence. So, so there is, uh, you know, okay, as as Tony said about the UK, there are cars coming in, but I think, I don't see there's any better value. There's actually the same if not better value when you buy locally because if the service that we offer from the warranty that we give like you yeah. know ourselves we give a two year warranty on our cars all cars are checked uh, they're fully serviced to you know they have all the uh, all, all the latest upgrades and stuff of that as well in terms from a diagnostic point of view so I don't I I, I don't understand why people would actually buy because I don't yeah. see value
2: and, and and the employment that you guys give as well yeah. one thing just before I'll be back to you in a few moments but you're in Drogheda Cabin and you're
10: opening in Dundalk yeah uh, we have a very strong uh, customer base from Dundalk uh, that when we looked other figures start to a certain degree and we found that people, even though we're only up the road or so, that you know it mm-hmm. is you know it can be a chore sometimes to go down the motorway and could go to, to yeah. you know if you're not used. So we have a fine facility there, a state of the art uh, showroom that we're going to op- open up just opposite DKIT. We're going to open up from a sales uh, point of view on the seventh of January. Uh, for, with uh, we're moving some of our management uh, from Johara, and we're going to be fully fledged down in March. So just in time from when Brexit uh, starts, uh, we're going to be open up in Johore. There's you know? no doubt about it. There's you no
2: know? how to do it when the, the cats. Among Indeed. the Pigeons, Peter Doran, good to see you. Doran Motors, Carrick McCross, and Car Sales, of course. Hi, Peter, when you hear
11: what your colleagues and competitors here are saying, do you go along with the tenant of the conversation? I would I would agree with the lads very much so. <clears throat> the biggest thing we find, we live finding um, near Carrick McCross, of course, we so we'd be a big impact from Northern Ireland and UK. And um, I think if people study themselves and done research on the cars, as the buyers just said, You need to compare like for like. And there's a bigger problem. Unfortunately, with the amount of imports coming in, hundred thousand this year, that's devaluing the customers' cars that we're trading in as well. Not only are we getting a hit, but everybody's getting a hit in the Republic of Ireland, you know? We have to meet standards, we have to meet training. We we create employment, we take the young people on. Like the Northern Ireland dealer the best of luck to them if they you know, if they if they can sell away but we're getting nothing back you're just getting a car you go home and that's it but we are feeding back into the market between you know all our training and the services we give and the staff level that we, we all carry in this room, we all carry big staff to meet standards, which is required by the distributor. So it's, it's tough going, but it we're, is what it we're is. We're talking about several hundred, several hundred jobs
2: around
6: this table today <coughs> that yes. depend on, you know what I mean, uh, getting support, Tony, which is back to you there. There's no doubt about it. And we saw like, what had happened during the recession, like the, the lack of training, the lack of education. There are training centres, a lot of closed down. I, I, I'm sure if you ask the, the lads around us, Jerry, it's pretty hard to get very good training. People out there at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that keeping them and it's not, it's not, it's not cheap either. Like you know, to to employ people, so we've a great standard, you know, we've a very high standard in Ireland. There's no question at all about it. And just to let I'm not. clapped me in the back here said, "I go, man, give give a good dig there on the imports." Some of the British cars are absolutely excellent, mm. but if you buy a car and you go to bed tonight. And you put the keys in your dresser and you say to yourself, I wonder, is the mileage right? I wonder, was that car ever crashed? Was mm. it ever written off? Was there ever an insurance claim on it? True. And if you see people that come
10: to a showroom or so, like that, and the, uh, the majority of people actually don't know. So we do a full report on every vehicle that comes in. It, would it be Category D or Category C? Now, Category D isn't a big thing to a certain degree, but it, it's just that not knowing, as Tony would say. Have you come across stuff? Have you come? Yes. Have, have you come
2: sure. across yeah, this, sure. Nikki? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You, you, you will yeah. find something where something has been tampered with, and it's I mean, wrong. There,
9: are, there are horror stories out there. I mean, there are some accident imports, and I mean, yeah. I think if you buy through a main dealer and he's done his checks himself, yeah. that's okay and mm. everything. But it's it. There are horror stories, and I mean, there's always going to be the ones that come in that yeah. you know have been involved in an accident, or you know, the mileage mightn't be correct, mm. or whatever.
10: You know. But if you see the customer's face, if mm. if we were to show you a photo, I take a snap of somebody when we actually tell the customer,
11: I tell you, it's just mm. it's yeah. an awful and... Like The volume of uh, cows coming in that's wrong is actually stagnant. I would say out of every 10, possibly 6 wrong. Really? People don't realise this s- mm. is and, and when you've spent out and when you've put out and when
2: that's found wrong, you're the loser. Well, <laughs> you know, the customer's the loser. Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Thing, the customer. Yeah, yeah.
11: If you quote somebody, uh, we're allowing you 10 grand in your car, just take a figure. Mm. And all of a sudden you do the check. Well, all of a sudden now you're getting 7 grand for your car. Or maybe difference. six Because we must trade that car off. We cannot retail that car. Yeah. That car must go to an auction or whatever. With the category of design, and that's what people are about. Just
2: quickly, um, D- Dassey is part of your stable as well yeah. in Blackstone, and I just saw a great review for the new Duster. Yeah,
10: it's uh, the new Duster. We're very excited of the new Duster. It's like it's it's such a sea change of where the, the where where the previous Duster has been. You've got new trim. You've got new trim levels, uh, and even the drive of it and the, the interior of, of the layout. It's just it's like. So, so has it come company.
2: down in the age category? Because it was looked on maybe as a more
10: senior person's car. Well, w- okay, well, if you look at that market or so at that, uh, okay, I know Ford have their hatchback, but if you look at the SUV market where it's it's most starting off at 17.8 or so at that, it's one of the most affordable SUVs yes, out there in the market yeah. in the petrol yeah. range. And, and the new
2: version is, is certainly far more appealing. Yeah, They're HR. saying this as well. Just before we go to the break, Peter, your star of the year, I know, Nikki, the, the focus, mm-hmm. you know, tremendous, Mark. What about from Hyundai's
11: point of view, the Kona? Kona and the Tucson. Um, Tucson has well proven itself, so everybody knows what Tucson is. New Cone is the new kid on the block. Good range of models new EV car out there doing 449 uh, 400 oh, I'll get this right 449 449 kilometres yeah it's a big it's a big battery range yes you know yeah, so we're so going to
2: talk about that because I want to talk about this this is a big issue when we come back while I have you all here today I want to talk about petrol diesel hybrid and electric stay with us on late launch <laughs> yes we're motoring on late launch and uh, having a bit of crack there in the break with the boys anyway I want to come back to this serious topic because we've debated at length with Tony during the we have talked about this haven't yeah, yeah, we petrol yeah. diesel
6: hybrid yeah, yeah, full yeah. electric yeah we've talked about we've talked about and, and like as I all I keep saying is it's a, a kind of a level playing pitch there is room for everything but don't start going out making tombstones for diesel that's all I'll say because diesel is not dead when you see the likes of Mercedes investing 7 billion yeah. like and they're using your engines yes. a lot in a lot of them yeah, You, know you know were I mean?
2: talking there Donald on the yeah. break about
10: this we were talking among ourselves It's going to bring everybody into the conversation but diesel is not dead no. that if you look at the average uh, the mileage that consumers are doing it's 15 to 30,000 kilometres uh, a year if you look at Jordan as a commuting town people go to Dublin or so with that and with PCP we see this in terms of there are certain people who actually can't quote PCP because of the uh, the mileage that they're doing. Electric cars are not for everybody. Therefore, OK, uh, okay, we hear about the Hyundai and the 400 range or so. That we, we have the Zoe and it has a range of 300. Um, but I think they are just... Uh, when people come into our showroom and we sell an electric car, we actually quiz them over their lifestyles and what they actually use the car for. Because not everybody they may they may want. And I'm all for the environment and, uh, and 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 making our cars greener. And I know it will come to a stage, but there are people who who there that no matter what because of their lifestyle diesel because of the fuel efficiency and the fuel economy that they need you wouldn't sell them a, a, an electric okay car.
2: peter when do you see this ultimately you heard what donald said there that ultimately this will probably be the way in the long yeah. term but how long
11: is that long term i would say very quickly um we'll just give you some stats we came Garage is country garage we've 100 cars sold to date and we've 75 diesel that's a real stat. Now, I'd say in three years' time, electric will have a fair grip on that because the battery lives are really getting stronger. Like, the corner's 449, four, so you'll have them doing six or 700 kilometres, I reckon, within two years, and then people can go with the like in the country, and it's going to move a lot faster than Subject to DSB putting in the power stations. Mm. Subject to, you know, that kind of Yes, thing because we the government be getting behind it and giving proper grants. Yeah, because we've, so been,
2: we've been at this for years saying, when will they roll out enough points? And, I, and you see them coming up, but there's more needed. But do you honestly think two to three years I when there's say. a six 700 kilometre battery, oh, oh, then yeah. it becomes oh, a real yeah. viable option? Three to
9: five years. Five
11: years will have a big grip
9: on electric yeah, cars. I, I agree in. with that. I, yeah. I think uh, five years is going to tell a big story. I think at the moment, um, and even moving forward, there's still room for diesel. Um, we're noticing a fair swing on focus size car back to petrol versus diesel. It could be a lovely one litre petrol engine that's delivering a great fuel economy. Mm. So I mean that's a success for us at the moment. But I think you know you know just that the three to five year is is a fair gauge. And you know, I know, like from Ford's point of view, you know, we've the hybrid Mondeo at the moment. We've hybrid Focus and other models coming in the next year or so. But I think, you know, when when the market's ready and the conditions are right in the next three to five years, that you know, Ford we, we'd have the product ready to go then.
2: Mm.
10: And, and this is uh, big stuff for the industry overall, isn't it? It's a seismic move. Yeah, and um, but if you look at, uh, I think manufacturers as well, it, they're going to take little baby steps to, uh, before it, the full integration of electric cars will happen. But if you look at now from diesel now to petrol the Petrol cars now—they're getting more brake horsepower. They get their small engines; they're working under pressure. You have a one-point-three-liter a engine with one hundred and forty brake horsepower. You know, where before people would think a big two-liter engine, I need that now to to drive very—you uh, know—to have the power. Not anymore. All manufacturers, uh, we're all we're all the same. From a one-liter, you have these TC engines. They're hundred brake horsepower. They're one one forty. The, the uh, you, you know, so the one seventy. Like, that I think what the manufacturers are doing—they're creating. They're, they're 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 gradually putting us the petrol. And and then, and then at a later stage, maybe not, yeah,
2: cross to hybrid and then yeah. into yeah, the electric. Full, electric.
10: full electric. Yeah,
9: yeah, that's the migration.
11: I would imagine second hand diesels will hold our value very well in that three to five years, yes, mm. because you're going to have people possibly when we can't get diesel. Second hand diesel, in my opinion, and I have no, no, yeah, no, no reason why. Um, to know that, but I would imagine the second-hand diesel car three to five years' time would become very valuable
2: The other thing is the technology. <laughs> technology on vehicles today, a,
6: a, a real hobby horse of yours, Tony. You always say, buy the best technology you can. Ah, yes, the best technology, and there's no doubt it's all about it. It's out there. We're speaking before the show about Lane keep assist there and focus and all the cars that have it. Like don't buy some cars and that safety stuff, but when, when you're talking about a uh, you're talking about their technology. Uh, Donald was mentioned about the brake horsepower and the power of the petrol engines, and, and so was Nicky on the one-litre and the four. There's no doubt at all about the power factor. But the big thing here is is the lower CO2, yeah. that you've lost CO2 with mm. so many petrols. Mm. I'm under no illusion; Petrol will suit many, many people out there. Yes. But it depends, as Donald says and the boys that if you're driving from Carrickmacross to Dublin every day or from Trim to Dublin every day to work or from Droddy even to Dublin every day to work you, you can't bury diesel yet right? mm, you can't mm, mm. until we have the infrastructure of batteries meaning they're going to have to start charging now for like the parker base and yeah. charge of the cars that's number one number two it's been abused from a, a local perspective like that. You can you can get on electric cars parked and you can get people with the lead plugged in all day that yeah, they yeah. own this spot and forgetting about tourists coming into a town and all that. But that's 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 another thing. That's but I, right. I would say about technology is something I forgot. We'll come back to it a minute. But about technology is no matter what you're buying. Study. And it's lovely to hear one thing, and I'll go leave here so happy today with one thing I heard, and I know each man here does it, that they're not selling for the sake of selling. You're, you're, you're there like the good draper selling the suit. You're, yes. you're, you're measuring that person up. Mm-hmm. You're measuring up to get where they are. They could fall in love with a lovely yellow focus or whatever. And the, Nicky, you know, straight down, that's not the car for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. once I hear that, now you won't get, uh, that's the good, lovely thing about Irishness. There's a lot of goodness in it, in the dealerships and in, in the board trade. Quickly round
2: the table, hopes for 2019 with all this uncertainty, Nikki. What would, what would be a real benefit
9: to, you know what I mean, yourself and, you well, know, the coming year? as always going into a new year with me it's onwards and upwards mm. I mean I'm always optimistic the ever optimistic but um, I would say if we could get uh, if if, if the, the United Kingdom could get Brexit sorted um, it, it might give us a chance yeah. you know
11: Peter I'd be very with Nicky <clears throat> if we got, if Brexit sorted itself out the economy would grow because of more confidence in the economy
10: mm. Donald um, I think we've enough on our plate <laughs> in terms of up, 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 up and done dog. to be honest with you listen Brexit's going to happen Please these boys things, are laughing. and it's I'm laughing with you by the way Not know. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean they but, sure. yeah, but, but at, at the end of the day this, these are just uh, some stuff you can't control there's other stuff you can't we can't control what's going to happen we just need to get on with we need to start selling cars look after our customers that's it yeah the
6: bottom line there yeah. last word to Tony uh, with the help of God like, I'm all in favour of saving life on our roads I don't think there's a person out there that isn't but let's, let's those in charge focus not just on the motorists. God forgive me for saying it. The cyclist has an awful lot to contend with too. I was coming on the bus the other day. On the bus issue, yes, on the bus to pass so a bike. The bus will have to stop at the lights. The bike goes through the red uh, the light. The bus has to pass him again. It's. Mm. And if they want to raise revenue, put a few people at junctions and get the cyclists. Leave the motors alone for them all. OK,
2: final call for the year. Look, I wish you all well and Jerry. we'll be talking to you again in the new year. Nicky Smith from Ford on the North Road in Drogheda. Donal Waters, Blackstone Motors, Drogheda Cavan and soon-to-be Dundalk are show sponsors. And Peter Dorn from Dorn Motors, Carrick McCross and Drogheda Car Sales. Happy Christmas to you all and all That's the best for weekend, And Tony Conlon, as always. Thanks Thanks Thank for you so much no for problem. the year. No Thank
1: problem. you. Thank you, The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstonemotors.ie Now folks, Sinead Brazel is an excitable woman in the
2: best of times. But I have never seen or felt the level of excitement In studio one, these last few minutes, it's electric.
4: Breaking news. Yes, I feel like we really need to run that news bulletin again and call Michael Carlin back because (laughs) this is so exciting. The first ever gluten free pudding has arrived in the studio. (laughs) And I cannot wait. I can't wait. It's history. It is history.
2: This is the 10th year of the competition. We've never had a gluten free and Sinead has been appealing these last couple of yeah. years to please send in Mary Ann Gosling has arrived yes. with a gluten free pudding and you it's want a to see miracle Oh you want to see the way it's packaged. Yeah. She wants to open it. You can't. Find, There's a rule in this it. competition. No 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 you have to hold no, on. No, 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 no sorry, no. scrap your competition. I'm gonna the keep, winner has already been found according you, to me. <laughs> one entry, one winner. I love it. Anyway, it will be tasted anonymously yes. and we'll see where it goes. But I have to say Say, it's yours.
4: I am so, happy. It's yours, so no matter
2: happy. what happens, it is yours. I am so happy. Mary-Anne, thank you so much. Thank and thanks you. to everybody who's <laughs> I'm surrounded by them at the minute. <laughs> just to tell you, it's the last 24 hours or so because your puds have to be in by four o'clock tomorrow, judging Thursday with Women With Opinions. Sinead has her winner picked I do already. Have my winner, Anne. <laughs> Well done. My God, I'm not joking yet. Good job those failures were down. <laughs> the
4: excitement
2: when it arrived. Isn't it the little things in life? Oh, though, that,
4: I'm not even just that, Jerry. Like yeah. I'm looking at it here, oh, it's right? Oh, beautiful. It's so nicely packaged it's up gorgeous. I have even got Gluten free brandy sauce no. I didn't even think That was a thing <laughs> that And woman, I'm so so happy
2: I really am Marianne Gosling Is a legend She's just so what brilliant and She's so nice And I say thank you to her again For thinking of our Sinead And sending in That lovely pud Final break of the day And she's waiting patiently A bit later than normal But she's going to do Something a little bit Different with us today Her tips for the top If you're thinking of A family holiday City break Honeymoon Cruise You name it Yes, she is the woman who knows all about travel and holidays. Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel with us next. This is a fantastic time of the year. You know when you're going to be off over the next couple of weeks and you're thinking the 2019, I love this, and where will we go? What will we do? Well, there's only one woman to guide you for 2019. It's Sandra Finnegan from Globe Travel. Happy Christmas.
12: Oh, happy Christmas to you. Thank Good you. afternoon, Jerry.
2: Thank you for joining us again today. Just before we get into your picks for 2019 and places you'd like to recommend, I have a couple of questions. Questions in feel ready. Question, have to make an emergency trip to the UK? Don't have a passport? Can I fly? Who should I book with?
12: Well, our national carrier will help you out there. You can travel with a driving licence or a Garda ID. Either of those will cover you on Aer Lingus and British Airways the same. Unfortunately, Ryanair is passport only. They
2: won't accept a booking. No, so, national
12: identity card. So
2: they have a question just work. in. Aer Lingus or British Airways to organise your flight. Get onto that and they'll, they'll look after you. I say it again, we should have passports. It's better to have a passport. Oh, it's
12: always good to be on the safe side. And
2: will learning bring you, just as an aside, that will they bring you further afield? No,
12: no, only as far as the UK.
2: That's it. You won't be able to go to Europe or anywhere else no, if you don't have the no. passport. So get that one sorted down the road, but wish you well with that emergency one there. And another general question, I don't think, uh, who am I trying to think of? Uh, somebody looking into the crystal ball could answer this one. Has Sandra any idea what's going to happen post-Brexit with travel to the UK? God, God, I don't think the British I government... I think I know
12: the lotto numbers quicker than that <laughs> one, Jerry. <laughs> the
2: Irish government can answer that
12: question no, today. The, it's the British Parliament is in a mess with the whole it's thing. Such so an it's unknown, just, isn't it, Sandra? It's, it's unknown. Uh, you can see industries that we deal with who, particularly in the food industry, with the amount of exports. Mm. And they're trying to put so many contingency plans in place. But who knows? Who you knows? know, do we? Are we going to need a passport? Are we going to need a visa? We don't know what we're going mm. to need. I
2: heard a Nesta type arrangement mentioned by somebody over the weekend. Yeah,
12: probably very simple. You go online and it covers you, eh, like the US or Canada, for two to five years. Yes, but do we really need to go down? Do mm. they need the? You know, the documentation and that alone for them is just. Mm. Beyond it's more about. bureaucracy
2: that nobody ever yeah. considered when this thing was put to a vote those couple of years ago. Yeah. Anyway, let's crack on and you're going to bring us your p- uh, Christmas pics. So let's take a family who are thinking about next summer and going away with children, perhaps for the first time to the Absolutely. sun or somewhere like that. Where do you say should be your for- first port of call?
12: Obviously, you can call into Globe Travel should be your first of call <laughs> What a silly question. <laughs> uh, and we certainly have all the expertise on mm. hand. We have a, an office full of mummies that can help you. But um, I would say a short flight, particularly if it's a first holiday. The unknown. So keep it short, keep it simple. Uh, the likes of Salu in northern Spain, which are close to Barcelona, has so much going on. You've got all the theme parks and everything there. That's a perfect choice and always good value for money. Portugal is another one as well short flights you're on the Atlantic you know you're not getting the intense Mediterranean temperatures and if you're fair skinned try and go May to September and don't put young kids under intensive heat
2: Okay, so those two months either side of the summer are
12: perfect and you're getting such value for money and at this stage if you call in we still have free child places so we can save up to 500 euro on a holiday for you
2: Okay, so Portugal or Spain if you're doing it for the first time and those months to avoid the intense heat of the midsummer yeah. months is, and, and look, you're at this year's, this is uh, recommendations coming from years and years of experience. Now, what about you feature a city with us? Most times you're here and you say, Oh, I've been there and I love this a it. If you were to pick, I'm putting you on the spot, <gasps> one city for a city break that you have to do, where would that be? Istanbul. Sandra, I'm going to fall off the chair. You were
12: expecting really? me to say Rome. I was. Or Paris. Yes. Or Amsterdam. Come on. Now, I'm telling you, Jerry. if you haven't been, you can't judge. It's the most magical city I've ever been in. Stunning. The culture. You've got um, east meets west in the one city. Uh, food, shopping, uh, sightseeing. You know, if you get a hotel by the Bosphorus River, it is absolutely stunning. The, the Grand Souk is just a pure experience and it's uh, the Blue Mask is just amazing. So it's I think you should stick it on the list Jerry. So
2: Istanbul for, for a visit now would you recommend you know just going you know going your own hog getting the hotel booked, the flight, etc or are there any you know I'm thinking about Sunway and Falcon and people Peab- are Falcon still in existence?
12: They are now called Tui
2: Tui is right they changed their name god mm. that advertising didn't get to me did it anyway you know I, I, c- can you go with somebody like that that will have a rep there and guide you You can
12: not with Sunway okay. there is companies that you can actually that do a do complete that. package we can also tailor make a package okay. for you and we can also add in all the different tours. Lovely. Super.
2: I'm just uh, astounded. I really, you That's did catch me there. Yeah. No, there you are. Yeah. Istanbul is Sandra's pick if you haven't been for a city break Stunning to try city it.
12: and two direct flights a day. And uh, we're very privileged from Ireland from the 2nd or 3rd of January. They're, they've opened the new airport and it is incredible. It's the most high-tech airport in the world, mm-hmm. just opened. How many hours flight from Dublin? Three and a half. Okay, that's not, not
2: bad no. either, to be honest And with cost of
12: living is very good.
2: Very good, so good value over there. So that should be, it's on mine now, it should be on yours for the new year. Best honeymoon destination, if you were to pick one place in the world, if money were no object and you were to go there, where would it be?
12: I think you're so wrecked after a wedding and so loved up, you want something relaxing and nice. I think we will hedge the Maldives, Terry, really, yeah, yeah, gorgeous, absolutely stunning. Uh, there is one p- resort in particular uh, called Curramatti, which is absolutely beautiful. It also has a little sister island called Kandaloo that there's only 12 hotel rooms on it. So you couldn't get more loved up than that, mm, Jerry.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So the Maldives, if money were no object. If you were going in Europe for a honeymoon, where's nice, you know, to say that's a very special place for a newly married couple as well?
12: Mm, I think we'll go back to one of your old favourites and maybe head to Italy. Ah, yeah, I think the Amalfi not? Coast. <gasps> (gasps) Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Two and a half hours and you'll get as much love as you need.
2: You will. It's the most beautiful place in the world and I can vouch for that as well. It really is gorgeous. Now, you are the queen of the cruise. I say this (laughs) uh, because you really do love them. And you've said to me many times, people don't understand what they're missing if you don't experience a cruise. If you were to pick one cruise to do again, we're picking one of everything here today, Mm. what would it be?
12: I think maybe Alaska.
2: I was there fishing. I was there fishing a few years ago. We went, and I have to say, well, from a fisherman's point of view. Yeah, it's I just think,
12: you know, I, I, if if money was no object and you want to do something like that, Alaska would be beautiful. Either that or maybe into Asia. Mm. Maybe, you know, you can cruise from Hong Kong and end up in Vietnam. So there's beautiful, beautiful options but I think Alaska would be the one for me. It's the most incredible
2: wilderness and scenery and yeah. everything that goes with it. And where would you board that cruise from an Irish You can either
12: do it from either Seattle or Vancouver.
2: So you fly there.
12: You fly there and then you take the cruise from there for seven days.
2: And back again the same and route And then back, home. yeah. I'd
12: probably jump on the Canadian Rocky mm. Mountaineer And uh, get on there in Banff, and go the whole way to Vancouver, and then head on the cruise ship. So planes, trains, and automobiles.
2: We had our Christmas party in the Guinness Storehouse last week, and I was talking to a lady who works with with FM one o four, and she was telling me she was born in Ireland, but her parents are from Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And I was just curious, asking about the place. She's been there quite a number of times because her family are there. What about Hong Kong for a, a, a holiday?
12: Well. You couldn't pick a better time because we now have a direct flight uh, four times a week with Cathay Pacific. So a stunning city and a great stopover en route maybe to Australia. Really? Yeah. So for this, one of the next ones that you had, if you had three or four weeks to stay. Yes. So this would lead into it perfectly. We'll fly out via Hong Kong. We'll go down and we'll do Australia for a couple of weeks, head over to New Zealand, and on the way back, maybe come through Singapore.
2: How much time would you need? Would it be a three or four weeks? Ah, you'd need trip? four you'd, weeks you'd, you'd for that. You'd be talking yeah. about there, to, to do to it do, properly. Yes. Yeah,
12: to do it properly.
2: So if you wanted the holiday of a lifetime, the Hong Kong stopover into Australia, New Zealand, and then back home, flying home, from New Zealand. Is it if then flying a-
12: home from New Zealand where well, you could have a stopover as well.
2: Yeah okay so that's the one for the long term that's if you the, were going to do that. That's when the
12: mortgage is gone <laughs> Jerry.
2: <laughs> oh my god there are so many choices here. Now we're at the time of the year when skiing is big and people have all the bookings done etc as well. I want to come back to this. Two Two aspects to skiing and I know we've covered it before but it's nice to remind people again if you're a first-timer where?
12: If you're a first timer and you want to keep the cost down, Jerry, the most cost effective is either Andorra or Bulgaria. Uh, Andorra, probably that bit better because the food and that will be a lot better. Uh, The learn to ski packs are are low cost in relation to Austria and Mm. France. So an average ski pack is normally about two ninety nine, and that's your skis, your boots, your sticks and your ski school, which is pretty good. If you're going to Austria it could be 5 600 which can also nearly be the same cost of a holiday because in January there's some super offers there for about five ninety nine skiing for a week.
2: Okay, so uh, and Austria is the place to go. Your experience if you've been before as well on skiing, but yeah. Andorra
12: or where was the other place you said? Bulgaria. Or Bulgaria.
2: For, for the first yeah. time yeah. as well. Mm. Uh, skiing, I've never been but anyone that goes says, oh you should experience it once in your lifetime (laughs) got to check the health insurance i know yeah (laughs) before i do that now one thing i did put to you and and there are a lot of people who you know maybe don't have anybody to go on holidays with and i'm sure you come across this yourself they come into you and they say sandra what should we do what about somebody who's alone and looking at getting away next year what do you say to them
12: um if they are a little bit of adventure in them and if That is obviously with somebody who wants to travel on their own. There is some amazing companies that do escorted holidays and you become part of a group. So you're not, you know, you're not left on your own. And it's a great chance to meet other people from different nationalities and not just all from Ireland. There is a company called Wendy Wu Tours and they do amazing holidays all over, uh, particularly the Far East, Asia and some of Europe. Um, some of the cruises which we will go back to again one company in particular which is Norwegian Cruise Line they do single cabins and they come at a very low supplement great way to mix with other people because when you're having dinner in the in the evening you can go for one of the big tables and you'll always meet a character yes yeah so they, they're really good options as well so don't feel
2: out of it if you're alone or you don't have anyone to go with there are plenty of options there's there. lots of
12: options lots of people like to do a cycling holiday and mm. become part of a group so things like that or a walking holiday
2: yeah so There you are. And you never know what happens when you head off alone on holidays. You might need that twin cabin or double for the next one when you go back to Sandra (laughs) to book on a a follow up.
12: It's happened, Jerry. I'm
2: I'm sure it has. Just before we finish, it's the time of year, Christmas time. And, you know, people are racking their heads. What do we get? Like if we're thinking about giving somebody a holiday gift and we're not sure where they want to go.
12: Okay, well, the perfect thing is just a gift voucher. And the vouchers, you can buy one from €10 euro upwards. So for your older children that you don't know what to buy, it's a perfect to give them a voucher that may cover the cost of a deposit on a holiday. Mm. 50 or €100, euros, whatever. Um, if you kind of want to surprise a loved one or a, the kids or a, just a surprise in general, in January, we have amazing value to Prague. So for three nights, including flights in a four-star hotel, €199 euro on the 22nd of January. My God! you wouldn't A night in Dublin last week was more expensive than that. I was going to say yeah. that
2: if you went to the city and booked, you would not get away with that for for a night. To be honest with you, and Prague, I know you've talked about it before. You stunning 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 city and, and, and even a,
12: your favourite Jerry. one just Miriam might like this one on the 4th of March for two nights in Rome 250 euro per person
2: oh my god Rome the eternal city the city of love the city of faith Jesus you're but, real
12: romantic today Gerry oh, oh
2: my <laughs> god you've got me going you've just said the wrong thing there I think and you know yeah. me I'm an impulse buyer if ever though one but look, like, seriously Rome if you haven't been what an offer that is anyway I think we're nearly there with the end of the show thank you so much for joining us again thank today. You, Day. wish you and yours and all the Stanford Globe travel all the very best for ah, Christmas likewise, and the Jerry. New Year. Thank you for Thanks all your holiday advice and guidance during the year, Sandra Finnegan Cheers. Globe Thank Travel. Thanks a, a million. million. That's it for today. See you tomorrow at half one. Eddie's up next with the drive. Bye.
1: The late lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault One Nine One today and avail of low APR finance, cashback, and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see
0: BlackstoneMotors.ie.